And welcome to the Old Man Wade Show. I am your host, the God of Stubborn, the Lord of Laughter, Old Man Wade. And I'm sitting here with my lovely life. Hey. Her normal enthusiasm, as always. Uh, how you doing? Um, stupendous. I just got a new pack, so it's making my life come true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wish Thank I could, you, Super Woke. <laughs> I really wish I could get that excited about um about stuff like that. What? I get excited like about, about weed paraphernalia. Yeah, I I just can't like it's. Eh. If you were a smoker, you'd understand. How I'm pretty sure I would. It's like 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 ooh, new beer. And it's funny I just say that I realize I have like one beer left in the freezer refrigerator. And I want to go grab it. I mean, I'm so tempted to. And I'm back, and I went and got my beer, and now I'm super happy, and I'm going to go crack this beer open, because it's my last one until I have a day off on Saturday. But yeah, so, I, but I don't know, like, it, but it's funny about that is, because you always say to me how, like, you wish you could get as excited about, like, my comic book stuff. I'm like, oh, new comic book, come out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, like, art and stuff like that. But I guess you do get excited about things, like the artwork we have on the wall, which is stupendous. Like, I love the... The black woman theme with the big natural hair and you know I, I mean? have well I have an idea on three frames that are gonna go between that one but I haven't done it yet but it's you know I can't wait I think it's I think it's gonna look phenomenal so but anyway let's get to the topics again Valkyrie do you think Batman eats pussy I mean he looks like he pays somebody to eat pussy for him he's like <laughs> Alfred <laughs> Alfred eat this pussy <laughs> yeah. Um, like a double, as a stunt double, just with his eating. Uh, oral sex stunt double. Batman doesn't look like he wants to be touched in general. Like he just looks like he's like, don't touch me. <laughs> like he's angry and he's like, fuck no, I'm not eating your box. So okay, so I would agree with you if it wasn't for the fact that he was dating and engaged to Catwoman for so long, and Catwoman has options. So I really do. Is it like eating pussy, as in like kissing her on the mouth because she's pussy? I don't know. No. Ah, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, this is why you don't smoke, kids. <laughs> I I haven't even done anything to make her stupid yet. So um, <coughs> you enjoy Harley Quinn as much as I do the TV show, right? Yes. Well, here was a funny story for you. Apparently, DC Comics didn't want to, had a scene taken out where Batman goes down on Catwoman. When the creators asked why, they said superheroes don't do things like that. Who said that? DC Comics, like the representative who was like, you know, had to go They said that to the creator. Yeah. Um, the, of the of Harley Quinn, who were putting a scene in where Batman goes down on Catwoman, and they said, super, and they go, superheroes don't, to go, Batman, no, they said heroes don't do that. So like heroes don't do that, but villains do? Like... So the, is it like that, bro? That must be a lonely ass housewife sitting at whoever made that decision's house. So, um, one it's of the, definitely one, some old white dude. So one of the one of the creators go. Also, oh, actually, I'll read it. So co-creator of Harley Quinn, Justin Halpern, revealed that DC asked them to remove one specific scene. He commented in the third season of Harley when we had a moment where Batman was going down on Catwoman. And DC was like, you can't do that. Absolutely cannot do that. They're like, heroes don't do that. So we said, are you saying that heroes are selfish lovers? They were like, no. It's it's that we can't sell consumer toys for heroes. It's hard to sell a toy if Batman's going down on someone. But, like, <laughs> your child shouldn't be watching Harley Quinn anyway because the whole show is fucked up. Like, I don't understand. It's not rated PG. 
Yeah, at all. It's uh, like kids should not be. There are some adults who shouldn't be watching this. Yeah. Like I don't get. I didn't get that at all, and I'm glad that the creators called him out on that. Like, so you're saying heroes don't do that? And they're selfish lovers? No, we just need to sell toys. And furthermore, if you sold um, provocative or seductive or suggestive figures of Batman and Catwoman, those shits are going to fly off the shelves. Let's call it like this. I'm not a hor- I'm not a horny fucking Dude who lived in his mother's basement, I'd probably buy one of those just because it would be funny. And you would probably display it in here. Probably. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't understand that. It was silly as hell to me. But it led me to a more important question. So I pulled up a list of comic book characters. And I'm going to ask you whether or not you think they do or do not go down. Okay. Superman. Definitely doesn't go down. Batman. Mm. Like I said, I don't think he wants anybody to actually touch him. In general, you'd be he's shocked. He's, like, a, eh. he's a ladies' man. Though. That's the point. Yeah, of but it. like that's part of the persona. Just like he drinks ginger ale and pretends it's alcohol. You can't fake being like like you can fake being like social, but I don't think he actually is. Yeah, I'll give you that. That's uh, why he enjoys being the bat. Like he enjoys being like by himself. Peter Parker definitely does. Yeah. He does it like hanging on the wall and while holding it upside down. Uh, Wonder Woman. Definitely. Bruce Banner. Definitely. Tony Stark. That's, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, Wolverine. Oh, Wolverine. Wolverine. Wolverine eats ass and <laughs> and vagina. He goes back and forth. T'Challa probably eats pussy better than anybody on the planet. Maybe. The only person who may do better is Okoye. If she eats pussy. Oh, she, oh, she definitely eats pussy. Um, Jean Grey. She going down on a dude? I kind of feel like she makes you think that she did. Yeah, like she, like, tricks you. Yeah. Uh, Deadpool? Definitely. <laughs> uh, he goes down on dudes, too. Uh, Joker? No. Absolutely not. He, Selfish. Yeah. Doctor Strange? No. That one's a hard one, because he was a surgeon, and they're arrogant and fucking narcissistic, so... So, I would agree with but you. But uh, when he becomes, like, Dr. whatever, Strange, he starts Sorcerer to Supreme. be more... He probably has something that does it for him, though. Like, there's some kind of... Like a spell? Or, like, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't actually physically have to do it himself. By the Torah tongue of tornadoes! Or some <laughs> shit like that. Uh, I'll ask you a few more. Human Torch? Yeah. Uh, Daredevil? I mean, I would hope so. Because like, you can't see anything? <laughs> yeah. Hawkeye? Like, what would that be like, though? Does he have to feel around? <laughs> it's like Braille. Braille, yeah. <laughs> the clits of Braille. Okay. Uh, Luke Cage? Uh, yeah. Reed Richards? Oh, Reed Richards, at least. Um, and last but not least... <laughs> um, Thanos. No. You don't think Thanos is supposed I think Thanos. I think Thanos is a. No, I think again he fucking hates everybody. He doesn't hate everybody. Okay, he hates everybody. He fucking hates everybody. He he loves death, like the entity, the woman death. He loves her. Like he literally. One of my favorite things was, he stole like a, he made he stole a bouquet of comets to give to her, and each comet was responsible for the destruction of a planet. He, I think he, I think Thanos is a romantic. So that means he eats pussy? Yeah. 
You can't be romantic and not eat pussy. What's wrong with you? I don't, I don't, I mean, some people are scared of it. How do you, how? Why? I, I don't, I mean, I don't want to eat anybody's pussy. It's gross. So, oh, I don't know if you For me, I mean, it's probably not, I'm not saying it's not gross for other people. I just. I don't know if you were on this episode or not, but there was a woman who blew, um, all the Phoenix Suns players. And they, everyone was talking about how disgusting that was. And I said, Doug. And I laughed. I was like, look, every man who's saying that this is disgusting, I was like, look, I would eat a whole team of WNBA players if they were fine. Like, so let, let's, let's, let's cut the nonsense with, like, the majority. It's, it's just funny, the double standard. Like, oh, that, that bitch is a hoe. You'd eat all of them right now. Shut the fuck up. But, you know, that's, that's just my thinking. That's my way. You know what's funny? I don't think Wanda, Wanda Maximoff has ever given a blowjob. No. Like, do an urn vision even have sex? I, I mean... Like, is he anatomically correct? I, I know. I imagine he's like a Ken doll. Just like nothing. So are they like treading? <laughs> They're scissoring these upsies. Treading. I think that's what the actual term is called. I don't fucking know. Uh, regardless, I think it's stupid. Just let, it's not that serious. Just let comic book characters do their thing. Harley Quinn is an adult show, and we can move on from there. Uh, Rapper Safari has a new beef with his, um, ex, his ex-wife, or ex-baby mama. Uh, I don't want to miss our, our birth. Uh, Safari, uh, got more bones to pick with Eric Amanda as they fight over child custody in their divorce. He wants to be present in their new baby, uh, new baby's, uh, he wants to be present when their new baby's born, and he's running into court, according to court, hoping to make it happen. So, if any fucking court allows that man into that fucking birthing room, like, fuck you. Yeah. No. So you don't have a right over what happens to a woman's body in general. The baby, you will see it once it's born. The, you can see it once it comes out. But if if the woman who is giving birth, which is something, so something that a lot of people don't understand until they have children or like experience like childbirth, like it's a traumatic event. Like, it's traumatic. Your bones have, you know, your, there's bones that have to move out of place. There's, it's painful. It's, your muscles are spasming. Your, everything fucking hurts. Like, you, it's stressful. It's, it's something that, like, you have to push your way through to do. Like, you need encouragement in a birthing room. You can't have a negative entity there. Like, can you? Yes. But if you have the choice, you're not going to. You shouldn't. I mean, you do have a fucking choice. And I also don't think, like, a court could order for someone to be in there. Because in the hospital, a patient has the right to tell someone they have to leave a room. Mm-hmm. If, if your wife goes into labor tomorrow and you she found out you cheated on her, she can literally say, I do not want my husband in this room right now. Let me just say this just from a man's perspective. I agree with everything you're saying a thousand percent. And not even just... Because of like women's rights and all that, let's just talk about the danger that could come with a woman being pregnant, giving birth, on top of everything else that has to go right almost perfectly for this child to come back, come out alive, and for the woman to stay alive during childbirth. Any unneeded stress is seems dangerous to me. No, it is. It's 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 not, and it's her body. Like you have the right to autonomy over your own body. Like it's your body. That is your. 
do you want me to go watch while you get your fucking prostate exam? Like, do you want me to go watch while you get your vasectomy? Like, it's personal. It's private. It's intimate. It's not meant for you. Like, it, it, and you, you just, I don't, I just don't know how somebody thinks they have the right to force somebody to watch them give birth. Like, it's you're literally exposed. And like, people make arguments about, um, you know, oh, they were together, like, blah, blah, blah. He's already seen it. And da, da. It's not to do doesn't with that. matter. Mm -hmm. Like, if you, if you are not with somebody, you don't necessarily, even if they've seen you naked before, feel comfortable with them seeing you naked after the fact. Especially if you're fighting, especially if you're not on civil terms, which it sounds like to me is the case. I don't know the whole story, but that's, no. You have no fucking right, dude. No, and I think that's what, <laughs> I think that's one of the problems I think people have when you have privilege, and this is a situation where he does have male privilege. You know what I mean? Like he's a black man who still lacks privilege in a white man's world, but in this situation, he's more privileged than his wife, than his ex-wife is, or his wife is. So in this situation, he doesn't understand why he can't just do this and not really. And maybe he's changed his mind since since um, this conversation happened. Well, what I'm hoping is that like women clapped back at him and was like, "Bro, this is why." If that was my friend and I was a female, and my friend said to me, "I belong in there," I would literally tell my guy friend, "No, you don't." I would tell no. him the exact same thing. I'd be like, "No." Do you remember what we were talking about yesterday about male accountability? Yeah. This is a situation where his male friend should go. Bro, shut the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, but a lot of men think that they have the right. Like, they're right. It's their child. Okay, it's, it's her body. Your child is not out yet. It's coming out. It's then what, you can go to court and have all the rights that the court wants to give you. But you don't have a right to what happens with that woman's body and being in a room while something she's going through is going on. Now, it's funny. They were talking about this on um, Joe Budden's podcast, and I was waiting for Joe to say something stupid like... I was, I was too. I was <laughs> like, I'm going to fight him. I'm going to fight him. But, but he told him, he was like, you're fucking wrong. He goes, he goes, they'll, like, oh, okay. he goes they'll bring the baby out by the vending machine when, it, when it's over. Well, yeah, like, here's your turn. Like, and he made a valid point on there, too. Like, when they, when they take the baby out, too, it doesn't go to the father. It literally, they check it real quick, make every, sure everything's good, and they it goes right on there. The mother, the mother's like chest immediately, skin to skin happens. The first person they recognize to break it that bond. It's a bonding thing. It's also to help the baby um, acclimate to the outside world. Helps their blood circulation start because you have to remember a baby's blood circulation isn't started until like they're born. It, that's when it kicks in. Until then, you're the mother. The umbilical cord's cycling all the blood through their body. So they need, like, they need that minute for everything to kind of, like, there's valves that have to close and stuff. Sorry, I'll shut up. But no, anyway, no, 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 no. I think, <laughs> I think this is informative. I think these are things that there's people just, need to There's know. a lot that has to happen. So it immediately goes on the mother's chest because research has shown that um, babies do better. Mothers do better as well. Like, after a baby's born, a placenta is born. The, the, the placenta has to be birthed just like the baby was so she then again has to push she then again has to do whatever but it's shown that it has helped mothers too with contracting after after the fact to birth the placenta and to stop bleeding because if you don't contract down after birth that's how women bleed out like it's because their uterus can't like close and they literally lose all their blood they yeah. die but um so it's, I don't know, it's... 
it's important. You're going to see your child. You're going to get to hold your child. You're going to get to whatever. But you don't... Again, it's not something right that you have the right to do while she's going through a traumatic experience. I agree. Because it's trauma. Everybody thinks birth is easy. It is trauma. What idiot thinks birth, childbirth because is easy? A lot of, because women have babies all the time, right? That's why it's expected. One of the reasons I do not want children, honestly, is because I don't want that shit. I don't want to grow a human that literally possesses my body, takes all that shit over, makes me uncomfortable, makes so I can't eat what I want, I can't do what I want, I can't drink, miserable, like, whatever. Not always. I'm not saying, like, every woman is miserable. I'm just saying, like, you know, you vomit, you do whatever. Like, just... happy as hell, like, when... No, I, I'm not, I don't mean it that way. People, like, I've had friends, like, they're glowing while they're pregnant, but at some point, it's uncomfortable. Like, your back hurts. You're carrying a lot of extra weight. Your skin is stretching. You're... Feet sometimes swell, you have complications, or like whatever. You're exhausted because you're literally carrying around a bunch of extra weight. Yeah. Like, so I don't mean, like, don't, I don't mean it that way. I just mean, like, I just, like, the thought of that trauma of going through that traumatic event for me is like, nope. I give women a lot of courage, like, a lot of credit for that. Like, oh, that's yeah. a lot of courage. And, like, people who have multiple children, like, I don't know how you go back and do it again. Um, Jim Gaffigan was Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> ta- Jim Gaffigan talks about this. Um, Tom Segura talks about this when they say all they had to do was you know something that they think about every day of their life, and then yeah. he goes, "We're just kind of just there." The first time I ever saw a baby born, I was fifteen years old, and that literally probably mm, is what sealed it for me. I mean, it works for me. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool. Like I was like. I had no idea what was going to happen. I was like, holy shit. Was that before or after they shit themselves? <laughs> so while we're on the subject of women equality and things like that, we discussed this off and on for about a week now because Triple H said some fuck shit. Uh, with recent news that Mickey James, was a former wrestler, is producing an all-women's pay-per-view for NWA, there is talk of NWA reaching out to wrestlers who are under contract with other promotions to possibly take part in that Wait, event. what is the name of it? NWA. Like NWA? It was actually NWA before NWA. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> I was supposed to be like, what? <laughs> the news has also taken pro wrestling fans once again thinking about when or if we'll see WWE hold a sequel to their Women's Evolution event in 2018. On a media call ahead of this weekend's NXT TakeOver in your house, Triple H was asked about doing another all-women's pay-per-view, and if possible, that any WWE wrestlers might appear on NWA's event. The game, who Triple H, offered a yikes answer about equality before saying that another all-women event is not needed in the WWE right now. Here is his quote. I was actually waiting to say this quote to you on, on air. Haven't we done already, haven't we already done them? It's a funny thing to me. So equality is equality. Equality is not I want my own show. Equality is not we have a we have to have our own program. If I told you that I was making an all men's program and I didn't want women on it, it would be criticized. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I do think it's funny when people go, I want the best in the world regardless of contractual status. I'm sorry. From a business person's standpoint, then why do we have contractual status, right? It doesn't make any sense to me. If you want to wrestle the best women in the world, come to the WWE. You know, until they fire you. Um, that's where they are. If you want to go somewhere else and say they are, you can't. But it is what it is. Also, the best women wrestlers aren't, aren't in the WWE. Um, he goes on to say, I'm all for it. I was one of the biggest drivers of, of, the biggest drivers of it. 
And we will do an All Another All Women's pay-per-view down the line, possibly, but it's not a must-have in the moment. I think we do an amazing job of displaying our female athletes. Is it perfect? No. Will it always be in flux? Yes. But I think we do a pretty good job. In my opinion, the best female performers in the world are in the WWE. And if not, if they're not, they want to be. So now that you've heard the entire quote, and it's entire, the, the quote in its entirety, excuse me, what are your thoughts? He's a trash human. <laughs> um, he sounds like he sounds like his father-in-law. He, he I was going to say that family is all the same. The reason why they're saying this is because, you know, probably fuck boy 45 and they're trying to like, like stay on that. Like we're not pandering to women and what they want or blah, blah, blah bullshit. Right. Because like they don't want, they have to perceive the, like that fucking ridiculous macho, like, bravado bullshit of why they can't say things anymore because blah, 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 you know? I just feel like... <sighs> I just feel like they're, they're... The reason why he said not at this time now is because they're, again, trying to be, like, against anything that's, like, I don't know, positive? I don't... I, I, uplifting? Um... Empathetic or like promoting like a, a marginalized group, which is women in this case. Women and women and any person, any person of color that isn't white passing. <laughs> no, I'm saying no. With an all women women's event, though, this is like primarily to to showcase the women because, as he said, if you want to. If you want to be equal, then why are you complaining? Just be in all the shows and blah, blah, blah. Like, women want their own thing because they didn't have their own thing for a very long time. It wasn't even until recently, like, in the last, like, what, 10 years? Like, or less that they started, like, doing women championships and letting them do, like... Well, there was a there was a good point in time where there was a lot of, like, women dressing like a lundra blaze was one of the, the trailblazers with women, and she was a bad motherfucker, like in the um, 80s and 90s. Uh, we had Miss Jackie, who was a black woman who was body slamming dudes at WCW. Um, there were maybe one or two in ECW. There were some in the WWE, but there was this long um, 10, between 10 and 20 year time period where it just seemed like it was all pillow fights and mud wrestling and gravy matches. Yeah. And... You have, so then you have, we can attribute a lot of this, if not all of this, to the NXT Women's Revolution with Sasha mm-hmm. Banks, Bailey, Charlotte, and Becky. Mm-hmm. They, those four women, like, and granted, they're all attractive women, but they were like wrestler wrestlers. And the funny thing about it was, they were actually Triple H's um, valets during one of the WrestleManias. Mm-hmm. And then they end up being like the four of the best women wrestlers, or the four of the best wrestlers in the industry. Because honestly, Charlotte could out wrestle, I would say, ninety percent of the men on the on the um, roster. Mm-hmm. But it's, and I, w- I wish I could talk to um, Diddy about this. But now you have it's. It seems like, and I've talked, I've seen wrestling Twitter, which is one of the most toxic things ever. But oh, a lot sure. of Jesus. But a lot of um, women wrestling fans have been complaining about how it seems to be going back. To that old, like... Yeah, it's like taking a step back. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? But I feel like that's, like, it being done purposely right now because of the climate that we're in and the owner of this company. Yeah. 
Like, um, just like Triple H said, like, the climate that we're in, he's talking about, like, people standing up for shit and not letting yeah. white men just do things because they want to. And they're just like, <laughs> and, 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 the, and World Wrestling Entertainment is just like any other big corporation. Yeah, they want to keep their money in their Oh, no, not, uh, not even, well, that too. Like, they'll, they'll, um, oh, man, I can't, Sony DeVille is um, an out and proud gay woman in the WWE. Mm-hmm. They'll promote that when it's when it helps their when it helps them. But you know what I mean? But let's see what happens like you know, when um it's not as popular. Like you know what I mean? You have you have there are a lot of straight wrestlers who will still promote it. Like one of my guys, Finn Baylor, I'm not sure if he's bi or gay or whatever, but he's always been like he came down to WrestleMania one day, he had an LGBT flag in his um in the back of his vest. He did one pay per view when he had a bunch of uh, kids out there with the um, pride flags and stuff like that. So there are wrestlers out there who definitely use their platform to be like, you know, hey, we support this and we support that. But the WWE is just another billion dollar corporation that's going to like pander for money. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If I see them say some June, Juneteenth shit on... Um... They will not. I doubt it. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's it shit like, well, shit, Shaw's did it. That, that one lonely fucking balloon. <laughs> right? Like, they didn't even put it with the other balloons. It was by itself. It was segregated. <laughs> segregated. It was segregated from all the other balloons, like, halfway across the store. Oh, they like, segregated the balloons. That is great. <laughs> I should have took a picture. I really wish I would have taken a picture I know, we should have, because it should have oh, been the thing. God. But, yeah, no, that one sad little balloon. Oh, man. Uh, staying on the WWE thing. A former wrestler went on to say, because there was a bunch of firings uh, a few weeks ago, WWE released a bunch of people. For, for why? This, Are they so, poor? So, Diddy has a theory that they're making Black Rabbit, BlackRabbit.com. Um, he says that, he's been saying this for a year or two now, that the WWE is trying to sell their company. And one way to do that is to release people, free up space, free up money, and things like that. So that was one of his things. So a lot of people were released. and uh, I wonder who they would even sell it to. Uh, Lavelle thinks NBC. No, Lavelle thinks... Um, oh, to like a whole... Um, no, like, I think he said I think he said Disney. I think he said Disney's the one to go to, but but like ESPN or is owned by Disney. ESPN's one. Yeah, but would Disney do it because it's fighting? Like, it promotes violence. I doubt it. I, I, I mean, they have the whole Marvels and Star Wars catalog. Yeah, but like, I don't know. But I guess, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so, um, this wrestler, his name is Carl Anders Anderson on wrestling, thanking WWE after being released. He goes, we know what it's like to get canned from WWE. Here's the advice I would say. Enough of the thank you tweets. Give me a fucking break. When you get canned, let it go. How about hashtag fuck off? I don't think less than 24 hours after being fired. Take a second to take a breather. Take it easy with the thank you bullshit within 24 hours. Breathe it in and take it all in for just one second. Put together a plan of attack before you start thanking all these motherfuckers that fired you. I agree and disagree. I agree that, like, if it's disingenuine... Actually, no, I disagree completely because you don't burn bridges like that. Because you never know when you're going to need something like that. Now, if you were treated unfairly, like, sexually, like, harassed or, like, you know, just treated like a piece of shit, then yeah, fuck that. Don't say thank you. Like, you know what I mean? Be glad you're out of there, and especially if you wanted your release. But if this is a company that you enjoyed and you want to go back, I see nothing wrong with saying, hey, thank you for the time. 
Um, blah, blah, blah. I get, I get what he's saying, though. He's like, they, bro, they fired you. Stop looking their asshole. Like, I get it. I, I get it, but again, like, he completely... Because you only have so many outlets for wrestling, like, to be professional. Yeah, like... And I, most of it's owned by, you know, like... Well, no, there's, there are actually a lot of independent and a lot of other wrestling organizations that you can Yeah, but, to. like, is it kind of, like, one of those things, like, you'll get blackballs or, like, bridges, like, can... There's been a lot of people who will talk bad about the WWE and then you'll see them again in a year. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, there is no real burning bridges, but, like, at some point, if you're just going to be a dick about it, they're just going to be like, you know what? What do we need you for? If you're going to be an asshole about a bunch of stuff, you know what I mean? So, I, I don't think it's smart to burn a bridge, but if you have no plans of going back ever, then, you know, fuck them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, before we go, there's a couple of things I want to do. I want to read something that a, um, actually, again, another WWE person, said, I often get tagged in tweets making fun or mocking the fact that I, at times, mention my biracial background. I also see your comments about others who are also biracial or becoming biracial parents. If you do not grow up as as a biracial person or as a biracial parent, keep your comments to yourself. You have no idea what it's like, and if we want to hear, if we want to talk about it or bring bring awareness to it, it's not your right to mock it. I, like many others, spent years being bullied and feeling like I didn't belong. Especially being raised in the South, it was difficult being accepted by either side. Some parents with the white boys I like made me, made threats to me if they even brought me to brought me home. One boy in particular had his parents tell him that he would have have a nose hanging from their family tree if he dared to bring bring me home. I got called a mutt, a mixed breed. Um, the black kids would also make fun of me for not being black enough or having black or having black hair or being too light skinned. I spent so many afternoons after school crying, hating myself, asking why I was so different to the point where no one wanted to be my friend. I know this is the same story shared by biracial children everywhere. So again, for those of you who continue to mock those of us who at times like to mention our biracial background or bring light to um, what we now know has accepted, uh, oh, excuse me, light to it now that we've accepted it and developed pride for it, kindly shut the fuck up. Hmm. Yeah. It's true, though. Like, that, that's a true sentiment. Like, everything is said. Like, you don't, I mean, I don't know how old he is, but I. Oh, no, it's, it's a woman, Kayla Braxton. Oh, she's sorry. I, but I, that's, I've had some of the same experience. Like, so I get what she is saying. Kayla Braxton is 30. Yeah. Oh, she's younger, too. Mm-hmm. I just hope that, like, as generations have gotten, like, older and older, I feel like it's happening less and less. And, like, I feel like people are starting to be more all-inclusive and be, like, open to other things and yeah. be, like... But it really depends, though, where you live and who you're surrounded by and how old-fashioned, like, the fucking area is or... Like, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I feel like it gets better and better. Um, But we also, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that... There's you, more mixed kids. There's more around. mixed kids, and there's also a lot of people who are talking about that. And a lot of people feel that it's all, like, sunshine and giggles because you have, like, Holly Berry and Derek Jeter, who are biracial, famous, and looked at some of the most beautiful people in the world. But they also don't know what they probably went through as kids who, like... Oh, God, yeah. I can you know imagine because I mean? they're older. 
No, Derek Jeter's, I think, younger than me. No, he's, no, he's Jeter, younger. Derek Jeter's older than us. Is he? I believe so. But I can't imagine, like, Kyler Berry probably going through some shit, but... I mean... Yeah, no. Yeah, damn, he's 46. Um... So yeah, so like it's it's shit like that, and but we have, but thankfully we have people like you, who will speak up on on situations like that. And shout out to Charmaine, um, with her Middletonly Mix podcast, who who brings on mixed people and talks about the experience. And it's not just a black and white thing. There's like you know you can be mixed with, with anything. You yeah. Know, like you know, and like people don't. Really and there's understand. a lot that goes into it that people don't understand. And there's a lot of like, it used to be a fetish. It still is. For some white people to have mixed children because they think that they're going to be beautiful, like Holly Berry, you know what I mean? Like, so you're fetishized too, like sometimes in some, in some instances, in some cases, or like always being mistaken for something that I'm completely, like I'm always mistaken for being Spanish and I am not even like one tenth. (laughs) Like I have no Spanish in me whatsoever, which is even harder because I have two mixed brothers who are, like, Puerto Rican. (laughs) So people are like, but, like, wait, isn't... I'm like, no, separate dads, completely different. Same same white-ass mother, separate fathers. (laughs) You know what I mean? You get, like, you start me again as an example. Um, Black and Asian. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or you have uh, Superwoke, who's Haitian and Honduran. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Then you have, like, in his case, like, we had people... Excuse me, we. But he had people around him who were telling him, He's not black enough because he didn't his his people didn't under, didn't experience slavery and I, I'm like, do you niggas read? Like, I you know, know that like uh, there were other places besides America that slavery happened. Or the fact that um, that Haiti was was I think the first successful slave revolution when they were just like kick Ross, get the fuck out of our country. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's shit like that that it's really befuddling and like I don't and people think that because. It, no, you know what? This is something we talked about uh, last week when we went to breakfast. How people think that because you have a biracial child or you're married or dating someone outside of your race, that means you're not racist. No, I'm sorry. It doesn't mean that. It's literally, as you said, it's a fet- it can be a fetish to some people. Oh, no, I definitely know that. There are white parents that I know that are racist as fuck. Yeah, to their biracial kids or to their biracial not even, grandkids. Not even, like, just... They say nasty fucking shit openly about no, but I'm, no, but I'm saying like, but the, I'm talking about people who have biracial children yeah. or have like yeah, race, and they st- okay. So for instance, during the whole Black Lives Matter movement and the height of it, in the middle of it, yeah, like literally like denouncing it and talking shit while they have a black child at home. Oh, okay. and not understanding that their child is still very susceptible and. Like, at risk just as much. But think that, no, they don't deal with that. Because they have no idea. They probably have no fucking idea what their kids deal with. Their kids probably don't even know that it, what's happening sometimes. Like, but when they get older, they will. It just makes... I know several white women who have mixed children. And they who, Sons. Like, black sons. And just... <laughs> and if any of y'all are listening right now, just think about the damage you're doing to your child. To your child, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're like denouncing and saying it's not true. They're, his history, his life, his things that can happen to him. You know, he's not getting the talk like that he should get because he didn't need to because that's how you fucking survive. <laughs> yeah. Like the, or the idea that this kid is going to grow up with like a ton of insecurities, not thinking they're good enough. Um, and like, 
the one place you should be safe should be at home. You shouldn't have yeah. to go home and be called a nigger. You shouldn't be going home and be called a half-breed or whatever the fuck else. Like, you know what I mean? These aren't the things you should be going home to. Well, like, doesn't, should, I'm not saying, like, like I'm not they're saying not blatantly that, racist towards their children. They're just, just ignorant saying, to the fact that shit happens. Well, I'm, I'm speaking in the in extreme, but in, to your case, <laughs> but to your, to your point, like, yeah, like, you should be able to go home and your parents should be able to, like, hug you and tell you that, you like, you know, the stuff that's going on is okay. You shouldn't go home and feel uncomfortable. Because yeah. like you feel like you know what I mean. Because you want to say Black Lives Matter, and your parents shouldn't be denouncing it. Where it's something, when it's something that you're proud of, it's something that you want to support. You know what I mean? So it's just it's it's nasty, it's disgusting. It, it, I, you would hope that. Go ahead. I think about it a lot with that Rachel Dolezal girl. Like, what are her kids experiencing because of the shit that she did? Yeah. Like pretending to be bad, pretending to be whatever. Like, how fucked up is it for her children to like? deal with that <laughs> like every black american <laughs> like hating her or like what I, I it's just it's crazy all right uh this has been the old man wade show i want to thank my lovely life valkyrie for doing this oh before we go uh i can't i wish the audience could see your face when i say this uh you know rob zombie does movies and stuff like that yes he's producing on uh, the monsters oh awesome I bet you, you like be, that with rob zombie doing it ew I bet you it'll be good. It, it, Why Rob, ew? Rob Zombie's never done a good movie. I mean, I didn't mind like House of a Thousand Corpses and stuff. Have you ever watched any of them? Yes, I get 30 minutes in. I'm like, this is ass. I don't know. They were like entertaining for the time. No, they weren't. I don't know. I want to see. I want to see what he has to offer before you complain about it. And, and complain I will. Uh, even though I like Spiral. Um, <laughs> thank you for listening to the Old Man Wade portion of this. And now... Here's Miss Telekinesis, Talar. What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, old man Wade. My name is Talar. We're going to jump right into it tonight. Uh, We've got a few topics on the slate, but I'm going to start off with LeBron's first round exit from the NBA playoffs. This This has not happened before. There's a first time for everything. I love saying that because it's always true. Um, And... You know, as as a as a Celtics fan, it's kind of funny to me. It's refreshing because it's a double whammy. It's LeBron and the Lakers gone in the first round, which is satisfying to me because my own team also got bounced in the first round. Um, listen, all jokes aside, all jokes aside, it happens. It happened to Michael Jordan. It happened to everybody else. It happened every great player. It endures this, right? You're just because you go out in the first round doesn't make you any lesser. It doesn't. It doesn't mean anything. The NBA is star driven, but you can only get so far without a supporting cast. You know, especially these days when teams have two or three all stars, not just the one. And Anthony Davis being hurt, the Lakers not really producing at the level that they were last year. Kuzma just being a train wreck in that final game. Just, just terrible, you know, all around. They have, they have some work to do. They have some roster moves they have to make. Uh, LeBron's getting older. Anthony Davis uh, did unfortunately have that injury at the wrong time of year for them. And it's just a matter of health and consistency. And it's a matter of, yeah, I think it's roster construction. I think they need more depth. I think that their defense needs to be better. Uh, I do think they need an actual point guard in that slot, although LeBron uh, p- does that point forward role very well. 
Um, I think they need an upgrade over Schroeder uh, I and Caruso. As much as, you know, shout out to my girl, um, Karin, that's her favorite uh, Laker, is uh, Alex Caruso. And, you know, he's great. I think he's fun to watch. Um, and he's like that little underdog you root for. But they need like an actual point guard. Um, they need a floor general who's kind of running things and can take the ball out of LeBron's hands. Uh, and kind of set everything up so it doesn't have to be LeBron every time. LeBron should be a luxury to have, not like um, your actual point guard, you know. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the Lakers do this offseason. I'm coming at you after the day of, you know, Chris Paul getting COVID and being out for God knows how long indefinitely, according to Wojan and Shams. I come to you after Kawhi Leonard's knee injury that the Clippers fear, fear might be like an ACL thing, and he's got like a sprained knee now. Uh, with Luka Doncic being, after those few reports of him being unhappy, the Dallas Mavericks GM has parted ways, you know, with Scotty Brooks parting ways with the Washington Wizards, um, with uh, someone... Um, a, a nutrition company, if I'm correct, on I-90 across from Celtics practice facility putting up a billboard saying, hey, Brad, hire Becky or Kara. It's, you know, it's time or whatever the billboard said. And it is just, just a lot of fun. You know, we've missed it. We had a hell of a year, 2020. It was really difficult. And I think sports took, you know, I know my personal um Love for sports took a hit because it just didn't feel as important as everything else happening. And I think a lot of people felt like that. But now it feels it feels kind of more normal. It feels kind of back to where it should be. And and, it, and it's exciting. And as far as... Oh, and um, Stan Van Gundy being out as Pelicans coach. That's a big one, right? He was... Um, I think they really had high hopes for him. But it just, it just wasn't working. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I think you're going to see... You know, Don Staley is... Um, from South Carolina is interviewing for the Blazers role. Becky Hammond is rumored in multiple multiple roles. I've done a podcast about how much I'm just begging the Celtics to hire Becky Hammond because I just think it fits so well. But um, Kara Lawson as well. She's phenomenal. I've met her. She's awesome. She's so nice. And it, that would make a lot of sense for the Celtics as well. And she's been on Brad's staff. She knows the Jades. She's smart. She knows what she's doing. She does have unfinished business, I feel it, Duke. I've said this before. She just kind of got that job, Duke women's head basketball coach. But, um, you know, when if the Celtics come knocking, what are you going to say no? You, you can't really. I mean, that's a golden opportunity. So we'll see what happens in the NBA. I think there's a lot to a lot to dig into. I mean, with, with that being said, I do want to get into the CP3 thing. In the CP3 versus LeBron thing. I don't know full details about Chris Paul. I'm not entirely sure if he's vaccinated or not. I don't know if anyone is privy to that information other than the league and himself. Um, and it is a private matter. It is up to him if he wishes to share that, of course. But, you know, we all know the incident with LeBron and how the league was like, oh, well, he didn't break any COVID protocol. So, you know, he's... um. He's going to be in, like, it doesn't matter. And then, we don't know what Chris Paul did. I think he went to a party or something after they won in the second round. And he, you know, landed himself indefinitely in quarantine. It's not even 10 to 14 days. It literally says indefinitely on the tweet um, <clears throat> from, I believe it's Shams, from The Athletic. And... If you're the NBA, like you're just gonna sit there and you're gonna be like, well, we could, we we had the opportunity to set a precedent with LeBron and we didn't, so we're gonna do it with Chris Paul. 
No. No, 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 no. Your product, sir, listen, I'm sorry, but I have to talk through a business standpoint right now, and I hate this, but your product is suffering right now, correct? In a sense that you're going into a conference final with, who's your marketable star? Devin Booker's marketable, Donovan Mitchell's in there. You know, if if um, if the Jazz make it, right? I mean, the Clippers are still there, but uh, the Kawhi knee thing really puts a hamper on everything. I believe he's out indefinitely. That's a big issue. So it could be a Jazz Suns Western Conference Final, and it could be, I believe, a Hawks. Excuse me, Nets um, Eastern Conference Final, which would be really something, because at the beginning of the year, I did not peg the Atlanta Hawks to. Um, really advance anywhere. Um, I think that this series might go uh might go seven. We'll see though. But um, you have there's a real chance that your your Eastern Conference Final is going to be Atlanta Brooklyn, and that your Western Conference Final is going to be Utah Phoenix. And what are you going to have a, a an Atlanta Phoenix final? That's great for those fan bases. It is, and I'm happy for those fan bases. I think that's phenomenal. I think that it's well-deserved, and it's waited long enough. And, you know, if, if I was part of one of those fan bases, I would be so frustrated by this point because all you're seeing is nonstop Lakers, Knicks, not even the Knicks, you know, but the Knicks get a lot of attention because they're still the Knicks. Um, the Bulls in the 90s, right? I mean, uh, the, Cel- the Celtics... Um, Cleveland for a little while when LeBron was there. Miami when LeBron was there. And Miami last year, too. Um, they're always in the mix. San Antonio's in there. Los Angeles, obviously. And, like, just all these, you know, Golden State, of course. Very prominent. And all just all just these teams. And you're, like, this small market. And you're just waiting and waiting for, for your opportunity. And it's just not... It's just not coming. And you don't know what to do anymore. And... And it's frustrating, so I'm happy for these fans, and I hope it works out for them. But at the same time, from a third-party perspective, um, it's 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 not star-heavy. It's more team basketball, and it should be team basketball. I'm a hardcore basketball fan, so I would happily watch it because I just think it's going to be so much fun. But if you're trying to draw viewers and this is your big moment, your championship time, and your goal is to just draw as many people as possible, you're missing your headliner, right? People don't know your Donovan Mitchells and your Devin Bookers quite yet. Like, those guys have big names, but they're not quite household yet. Like, they're they're almost there. But they're not your Stephen Currys or your Clay Thompsons. They're not your LeBrons or your... I mean, I guess you could make an argument for Jimmy Butler, right? Being a household name at this point, yeah. They're not your. I mean, they're not your Jason Tatum. I think Jason Tatum was Tatum has become much more of a household name. Um, I mean, given what he's gone through the past few years, um, I, I would, I would watch it. I think that you know, if the Nets win it, they're just gonna be insufferable. You know, they're they are gonna be absolutely insufferable. Because is it Harden who had the quote who was like, "Oh yeah, we're we're bringing the t- the league together. We're bringing people together that we're they're rallying around us to win a title." Like, no man, nobody wants that. 
Literally not one person outside of Brooklyn or bandwagon Brooklyn fans wants you to actually win a title. No, no. Mm-mm. Not, not a one. So you could put them in, the, they could end up in the final, which is very likely. And they could be like the big bad guys, you know. And then whoever comes out of the West could be like the underdog who's set to take them on. And everyone loves a good story like that. So there's an angle the NBA could take as well. But, you know, all you can do is let the guys play basketball and then see see how it ends up. And your matchup is your matchup. And it's up to your marketing team to figure out how to market that to the best of their ability. On that note, I do want to talk about some of these injuries for for these guys. And I'm going to broaden this scope a bit. Like These injuries have been plentiful, right? And they've been um, brutal and it's terrible. I mean, the Celtics had... You know, Jalen Brown sitting out, Robert Williams kept getting hurt, the Kawhi stuff, the COVID stuff, it's just, it, it's it's a lot. And, you know, LeBron tweeted and today and he was like, you know, this is too much, I, I said that we shouldn't be doing this. And, you know, he, he's correct. I, I They pushed 72 games on guys in, in, a, in a very short amount of time uh, at a very high level of basketball. And yeah, with not that much rest. And yeah, guess what? Your body's going to give out at a certain point. And you're going to tear something or you're going to hurt yourself or, you know, something's going to happen. And it's knees and ankles with NBA players. Knees and ankles. And those are tricky and they're tough. And once you tear an ACL, it is very hard. You know? I mean, Derek Rose, bless him, is having a great bounce back. And I'm so happy for him. He was so fun to watch when he was in that MVP year. But it's it was definitely not an easy road for him. You know, Gordon Hayward got hurt. He hasn't been the same. He was hurt for the Charlotte when they tried to get the play in. He was hurt for that. He wasn't around. Um, they would they might have won if he was around. I mean, who knows? You know, um, there's there's a myriad of things going on. Um, it, it's it's bad for the NBA, but it also leads to this bigger issue of mental health, right? So all these guys that are playing. What's their mental health status with all this? So their their bodies might be burnt out, but what, what where are they mentally? Because if they're not in it mentally and mentally they feel burnt out and they feel like, I just need a break, then yeah, guess what? That's going to be very detrimental to them as well. And it's going to be just as bad as if they're playing with like a twisted ankle or something. Because it's hard to focus, it's hard to lock in, and your mental health affects your physical health and you're tired. And if you're tired, you can't focus. And it's like a cycle. And the NBA has done a great job of, um, you know, bringing to mental health to the forefront with its players and making sure to let them know that it's okay to talk about it and that it's important to talk about. Um, and that's fantastic because these guys are under a lot of pressure. We don't really see that part of it, but, I mean, they've grown up their entire lives being told, you're so great, you're so great. And they're at 18, 19 years old. They're all of a sudden being paid millions of dollars. Um, and they're probably not used to that. I mean, who is, right? And being thrust into spotlight every night. And yeah, to a certain degree, they might be used to uh, being under the spotlight. But as far as, you know, the responsibility of all that money, the responsibility of those, of um, being responsible for those around you all of a sudden, you're like the guy all of a sudden, like, it just, there's a lot that bears down on them, you're always in the public space, you're always being ridiculed, you're always being told by Skip Bayless how much you suck, you know, on ES, on um, 
Fox, but um, it, it's it brings up the more important issue of mental health in general. I am a big mental health advocate. I myself have pretty high functioning anxiety, and it's been the, a journey to try to to try to you know um, deal with that and to try to. Be the best version of myself and try to put my best foot forward every day and it's not the easiest thing in the world it's it has a lot of challenges to it um but i i think that 2020 opened up a lot of eyes for everybody in that regard right it opened up a lot of eyes of we're working from home we feel burnt out we need a break we're maybe back in an office setting we feel burnt out we need a break what's going on it's your mental health you got you have to take care of yourself you have to take time out for yourself you i take time out for myself every night before i go to bed and i'll read something or i'll scroll aim, maybe i'll scroll aimlessly through i don't know maybe i'm through on tiktok or something but i'll do it for myself i'll i'll take time for me uh if i'm being good that week i'm meditating i'm not consistent with it but it's the biggest help in the world um uh, the NBA for me is one of those things that helps me calm down after a rough day or just after any day. It's, it's that escapism, right? Like everyone has that thing. Like for me, it's the NBA and it's um, Marvel. Those are my escapism tools. They make me feel safe. They make me, they make my mental health feel like untouchable. Like I feel good and I'm allowed to, and the beautiful part is those are things that I absolutely love, you know, and I can d- dig deep into them and create whole like, um, you, you know, speculations about things or like, you know, is this going to happen? What if this happens? And that, you know, like it, it becomes really fun. And then it becomes like just a fun thing that you do. Um, and, you know, I think it's not lost on anyone that sport is an escape, that movies are an escape. That's just TV shows are an escape. It's just how it is. Um, but I think this year, this past year has proven even more so. And I think that we have to all start having a much more broad and open discussion about our emotions and our mental health and, you know, where we are. If you're not having a good day, just, you know, tell someone, you know, hey, listen, I'm, ha- I'm having a rough time. That, that's fine. Like, my, uh, I'm, I tell my friends all the time and, and they text me if something's happening and they're like, hey, listen, I'm not feeling great. I'm having a rough day. Can we talk about it? Let's talk about it. Yes, Absolutely. And I text them if I'm having a rough day. And I tell them what my problems are. And yeah, I bitch sometimes. I do. But they're amazing. And they, you know, send me funny memes and make me feel better and validate my feelings. Because everyone's feelings are valid. What you feel is valid. And we need to talk about that. We need to talk about the fact that, you know, having a therapist or talking to someone is not a bad thing. It's actually a fantastic thing. Having an impartial third party just listen to you and it is an amazing feeling and it's it's the best and it just it can be a lot of fun and it really clarifies things and gives you perspective um and I think what 2020 has done for a lot of I know for my mental health you know but for a lot of people too I think um, just in general we're kind of we kind of went from being like all right I know what I want out of my career now I know what I want out of my life now I'm here. I put myself on my path to, on the path to do this. Let's do it. And then the pandemic hit. And in the beginning of pandemic, I was like, all right, well, I'm still like on this path, like whatever. And the more the deeper we got into it, the more I personally was like, 
questioning everything now. I'm like, is this what I actually want? Is is what do I actually want? And then it became this wait, this isn't what I actually want. You know, or your perspe- my perspective shifted completely. Um, I think everyone's did, you know, it became a bigger thing. It became this, that's why my interest in basketball, you know, dwindled because it it went from, and I, if you know me, you know how much I absolutely adore, adore basketball, you know, but it went from being like, oh, well, the guys should go play. Like, it'll be good, blah, 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 to being like, I, I, it doesn't matter. Like, l- let them be safe. This is such, it, it's bigger than us, you know, and your perspective shifted to it being bigger than you. And it's, I equate all of this to, um, back to my Marveldom for a second here, you know, when Thanos snaps his fingers and half the universe goes away, all right, and then in Endgame, they bring them all back. We're, and then now, we're seeing in these Disney Plus shows of the, um, you know, all these people trying to reacclimate into into their lives in the past five years of, you know, be getting used to living a certain way, and now have to live a different way and readjust to things and make difficult decisions and you know cut people out or let people in and it's the same idea now right we're we're reacclimating to society we have to decide who we're letting in and who we're cutting out we have to relearn things we have to we're different versions of ourselves it's it's the same exact thing at the base of it which I just figured this out today, really. I mean, like, I really took a deep dive into it. And I just kind of sat there and I was like, oh, wow. You know, like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's, it, and it's crazy because it's just such a, it's just a small world. And storytelling just does that. You know, you'll find things parallel to our universe in it. It, um, it turns out that, you know, a giant purple alien snapping his fingers became something that re- resonates with our actual existence which which is it's insane but but it makes a lot of sense and how are we readjusting and the mental health that comes with readjusting guys right because this isn't a joke okay like being when i go order something on my lunch break at work and i'm standing in like a deli and there are all these people around me i get i have to like step out like I can't be around that many people in a tight space anymore. Like it, 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 my social anxiety goes absolutely through the roof, worse than it used to, so much worse. I don't want you near me. I don't want you remotely like close enough to breathe near me. Like I, I don't want it. Being in a grocery store without a mask feels weird because like you, you're breathing on all the stuff. It's just it's weird. It's gonna take time to readjust and it's gonna be frustrating and yeah like it's fun now in everything but I think it's not I don't think it's lost on anybody that in the back of our heads there's still like this in it's ingrained this whole like stay six feet apart don't touch anything don't touch anyone always wash your hands always keep clean always have a mask on you somewhere um I don't think that's lost on anybody I definitely think that it's been so drilled into us that that's going to take a little time to unlearn. And that's that's fine. I think that's that's even better. I mean, when I get sick in the winter, I'll probably wear one. If I get sick in the winter, I'll probably wear a mask. It, it kept me warm in the winter when I was walking to work. Um, I really enjoyed it. It gets cold up here in Massachusetts, you know. So that was that was a nice little bit. In the, in the winter, it kept your face warm. But 
you know, please take care of yourselves out there. This isn't a joke. Um, this isn't a plaything. Your mental health is a, the most, the single most important thing to you is your mental health. Please look out for it. Please do things that make you happy. Please associate yourself with people who are good for your mental health and validate you. And please be open with how you're feeling because the only way we're going to make progress as a society is if we move forward with how we're thinking and how we're feeling and if we're open and good to each other. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to me. Um, It's been great. Uh, On the next one, you know, I'm going to have some um, first date do's and don'ts and a little more stuff on that end. Uh, But I will leave you with... A go Celtics, you know, and the Patriots are coming up, which is going to be exciting. And, you know, again, take care of yourselves. I love all of you. And, you know, I'll see you next time. Damn it, Wade!